1: This week, we're going to take a look at creators. what Creator shares about healing psychopaths. Um, a fascinating topic, uh, one we explored last week in, uh, in terms of understanding the psychopath. This week, we're going to try to look at what the hope is for curing them as
2: well as some other topics, Carl. Uh, should be a good one again. Well, and I do want to start by clarifying terms a little bit. Most people don't have a lot of advanced training in psychology, and, and so the first thing to, to understand is when we talk about psychopaths, it's not that they're crazy, you know, like you know, loony and talking to walls and having all sorts of delusional thoughts, so you know, they're paranoid or they're uh, violent in some way because they think you're out to get them or that they're entitled to kill and that sort of thing this is a spiritual dilemma. Science psychology sees the psychopath as a, a character disorder. So psychopaths are often very intelligent. They can have a brilliant mind capable of prodigious memory and rational thought to be clever, planful and be powerfully effective in some role in life, leading an organization. Being okay. an administrator, being a government official, many are psychopaths. And, and so this is a spiritual disconnection. That's the piece that psychology is missing because they deny the existence of, of the divine. So they're kind of working with partial understanding. But that's really what it is. And everything we say about it will show you that this is true. And the other thing about it is this is a spectrum of disconnection, spiritual disconnection. So we're focusing on the worst of the worst the difficulty, the psychopath, but there's a whole range of potential problems from being partially disconnected and to varying degrees. So at one end, you've got the selfish person, but we're going to talk about the ones who are diagnosable with some sort of character problem, and that's the narcissist or the most mild. They're not fun to be with. And they're not fun to be one either. <laughs> then you have, those are the ones who are just very, very selfish and unapologetic and manipulate others a lot and just are self-serving and yeah. put themselves first, you know, unabashedly. Then you come to the sociopath who only has the merest degree of conscience. And that makes them more dangerous because they'll be reckless. They'll be daring and they'll be harmful to others, and not worry about the consequences very much. And then the full psychopath is someone who absolutely is unable to feel or give love in any way whatsoever. If they act like they are, it's a sham. It's an act they're putting on. So so that's what we're talking about here. Creator tells us about 5% of people are diagnosable narcissists. Mm-hmm. In terms of psychiatric criteria, and about two percent are sociopaths who are in greater disarray or misalignment, and then one percent are true psychopaths. So that's a pretty large collection of people who are quite difficult and and, and risky to be around. So basically, that's what
1: well, I, I didn't add those numbers up, but that's close to the top ten percent, basically. Well, it's about eight percent, eight percent. So yeah. Good. So, yeah, we and everybody knows somebody in this
2: in this category. Well, because and, and there's a lot of people on their way to becoming a a narcissist. So, right, you know, ten percent right. are certainly at risk, or already in a. In a category that can be tested for and defined diagnostically as having a real character to disorder that makes them antisocial, so called. That's how the psychiatric community views this. It's an yeah. antisocial um, uh, characteristic in the personality. Yeah. And like you said, you know, we're looking at the
1: extremes of this behavior, but, uh, you know, all psychopaths lie and can't uh, ever admit that they were wrong you know whereas we all know people that have trouble admitting a mistake that doesn't mean they're psychopaths so we're looking at the extreme but also we can waterfall that to see how that affects everybody at some level u.s creator most of the questions for today's show are derived from the book The Psychopath Code, Cracking the Predators to Stalk Us by Peter Hinchins. We mentioned this one last week as well. He suggests that we all have an incomplete view of the psychopath. The general assumption is that they are broken people, but he suggests, Hinchin does, that they are in fact human predators. Psychopaths hunt other humans. They attack and capture them. They feed on them, their resources, power, and energy. They dispose of the remains, and they move on. Sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a lovely person. Every relationship between a social human and a psychopath follows the same pattern. There seem to be no exceptions, no nice psychopaths. To be a psychopath
2: is to be a predator. What is Creator's perspective? All right, and this is what I channeled from Creator and Answer. This is getting to the heart of the matter quite powerfully. This is the reason that psychopaths are often quite savage in their treatment of others. Those who are functional and able to fit into society will still have times when they lose self-control because they have been crossed, they have been criticized, they have been ignored or neglected, and they view it as not a rejection but a maligning and betrayal of their presumed higher status and authority of power and control and will seek revenge in the form of a punishment of some kind. Being empty and devoid of love, the seeking of power and enjoying its perceived advantages and gaining security that they cannot count on through love leaves them with but a meager existence of exploiting others as a way of maintaining dominance. This brings reassurance that their power is intact and gives them the only foundation they have for enjoying life. It is a meager enjoyment at that because they will have challenges and struggles all the way along and fitting in with people and getting people to be loyal to them. Most people who enjoy a normal ego strength and healthy self-image will not put up with the treatment they are given by a psychopath and will quickly withdraw from any such relationship. So the psychopath is left with whatever series of underlings they can cultivate and groom to be like servants who will put up with their shallow mistreatment and may even believe in the superiority the psychopath projects wherever they go and may be drawn to that power if they themselves are weak and vulnerable. This this is why psychopaths often rise to the top of organizations, including many companies who end up with psychopaths as the chief executive officer. And this is true for many politicians, promoters, and the the heads of organizations of all kinds, because the psychopaths are ruthless self-promoters and lack ethics and morality, and so are willing to be underhanded and backstabbing and sabotaging the careers of their competitors. They are often very clever manipulators and fool many, many people who just see them as quite powerful and effective and truly leaders who seem to be fearless as well as capable. But they are simply confusing fearlessness with strength because it is basically an act with little substance behind it. This makes psychopaths dangerous because in the same way they will climb the rungs to power by stepping on those in their way. They will jealously guard their power once they attain it, and will crush their opposition without compunction if their position of power and control is threatened in any way by a rival. This indeed is very animalistic behavior, much like an animal predator that will hunt its prey, kill it violently, and consume it without hesitation. And that, in essence, is the role of the psychopath in society. Their cleverness usually causes them to arrange the bloodbath to happen behind the scenes because they have learned that weaker people are squeamish and may not fully appreciate their power and the prowess they have to use it with maximum effectiveness and efficiency from their perspective. But others will find it shocking and repugnant, and this could create problems for the psychopath in getting away with their harsh treatment of others. So they cultivate the ability to be two-faced in having a public as well as a private persona that serves them. Because they lack a conscience, they can be ruthless and quite savage, and this is their outstanding characteristic and will display it again and again. And the ease with which they lash out to criticize in a very hurtful, condemnatory way that may not be called for but to them is simply well justified and deserved by someone doing things not to their liking. They will see it as only showing their own power and their sense of entitlement is quite extreme. They have no ability to see themselves objectively because they lack the emotions and the ability to perceive love and how their behavior departs from love in an extreme way.
1: You know, I think it's interesting that psychopaths gravitate towards
2: organizations
1: because there's a structure there in the of, in the dynamics and relationships that people in, in, are involved in and i think that acts as kind of a safety net for them because if you're working at a company you can't just quit because you don't like your boss for instance you know it's, it's a very painful costly thing and so it seems interesting that psychopaths would be attracted to those powerful positions in structured organizations where they basically
2: have one over on you yeah, well, that could be a long discussion because organizations can be quite dysfunctional. And anyone in the corporate sector will tell you, if they spend any length of time there, of stories where the higher-ups will bring in a manager who is intended to shake things up. you yeah. know, And then they see that heads will roll and that sort of thing. and And, and it may well be a psychopath or someone who just has that that characteristic of sort of exuding confidence and power and no nonsense and clever and, and bold and, and that will attract the upper management types who are there because they want power and control. And so there'll be an affinity and then it further corrupts the, the organization, the business, what have you. Well, the the term no nonsense often becomes a synonym for
1: ruthlessness.
2: (laughs) Well, all too often. And it's very sad because it is corrupting and it leaves damage in its wake. And that's the outstanding thing here. Yes. I mean, the, the the back deep meaning of this all is that our society is dysfunctional because it's patterned after ruthless alien worlds that have a power hierarchy at their center because they're all atheist Cultures, and that's where it heads. Atheism is a disconnection, yep. decided on at first by the ego, but ultimately, dooms the person to become loveless and without a conscience. This is the path, and 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 this is what we're seeing in our society. So, every organization, typically, certainly the governments, are set up like little kingdoms. Yep. You've got a president or a pre- prime minister a premier, someone who is in the ultimate high level of power, and then the underlings in various hierarchies below. And it's all a rush for power and control, all up and down that ladder, and it's all a dysfunctional way to do things. So it it kind of works when most people are disconnected from a love-based view of things, but it's far from ideal. Indeed. U.S. creator Hinchin speculates that psychopathy
1: is not a disorder— but a maladaptation. No one becomes a psychopath just through trauma. I'm not saying there is no trauma, but just that trauma is the only vehicle, which is the idea the psychopath is simply a broken person. Rather, Hinchin speculates it is always about survival. Hinchin doesn't think you can be a little bit psychopathic. Whether you play the social game or the cheater game, you must play to win. The psychopath is competing with other psychopaths and with their victims, is psychopathy a predatory skill set and does this explain why psychopaths have no genuinely close and intimate social and personal relationships?
2: What is creator's perspective? Right, and creator says, "This is a perceptive observation but an incomplete one. There is an important piece of the puzzle missing to the observer and the author falls into this trap as does the mainstream" In not realizing, trauma plays a huge role in the disconnection of the psychopath. But it is trauma that is not in the current life, but often many other lives, all of which piles on and creates a huge karmic dilemma for that individual when they reincarnate and are faced with the burden of many lives of increasing wrongdoing, perhaps, all of which will begin to drag them down and give them challenges. If they are fragile and, in addition, have spirit attachments working to further disconnect them from their higher self and bully them in a deep part of their mind they are unable to connect to directly from a conscious level of perception, the stage will be set for a further undermining that will tip them over the edge eventually. They will worsen through a diminished ability to feel their divinity. There is typically a long, tortuous path, leading to the eventual creation of a psychopath. To some extent, everyone suffers from a constraint placed in being aware of the divine realm. This was done to humanity long ago and created a basic vulnerability, making humans quite liable to being manipulated and not bouncing back as readily as they would otherwise. That vulnerability is enough to make humans, many times, sitting ducks, who can be corrupted to become beyond the pale, and join the ranks of psychopaths. With no love to work with, people simply cannot recover from mistreatment on their own, but will be maladaptive in some way or another, withdrawing and becoming a recluse at one extreme, or acting out with increasing brutality towards others as a way of coping with the inner conflicts and torment stirred up by having so much wounding and personal suffering and failure, they reach a breaking point. It is quite typical for psychopaths to be manipulated by dark spirit, meddler attachments, and even extraterrestrial spirits targeting them or individuals they know. And so the psychopath will be used as a kind of weapon to attack fellow humans and spread the misery. This is a quite effective way to corrupt and diminish the whole of society because the psychopaths will more readily participate in violent crime and crime of all kinds and will embrace the more harsh and brutal solutions for societal difficulties, including going to war with devastating consequences. Because they are loveless beings, They will readily act in a heartless manner to exploit others, to take and not give, and this leads to the predatory behavior, the need to win always at whatever cost and through whatever means. For such a person, close personal relationships are not rewarding, other than to groom servants, in effect, to have perhaps a sexual outlet or a life partner as a kind of social trophy they can display to make themselves look accomplished. But the relationship will often be quite uneven and not a happy one, because there will be all take and no give, and without love as the currency, the friendship will be a make-work exercise, quite shallow and unrewarding for both parties. This is why the psychopath will often be indifferent to their presumed loved ones. If they have a spouse and children, for example, they will be negligent, uncaring and unduly harsh when they are inconvenienced personally by the needs of their presumed loved ones. So, in summary, you know, Hinchin's
1: was speculating that it wasn't trauma that was um, the all-encompassing reason for them becoming psychopaths. And he probably makes an observation because you, you can't account for the psychopath behavior and reality from just looking at one childhood. In fact, psychopaths could actually come from good families, ironically, because what Creator is saying here is that the trauma comes from past lives, the bulk of it, the, the the 90% probably comes from past lives. And so you're not necessarily going to see that in the current life. And so that's the disconnect that Hinchins wasn't able to make, Carl.
2: Yeah, and that keeps the mainstream really in the dark and making sense of all of this. So they're really hindered in multiple ways, not understanding... The continuing uh, the the continuation of life in a series of chapters through reincarnation that builds up unfinished yeah. business, and then the idea that what drives everything is the love of God, and those who don't have it are diminished yeah. and Thanks. defective in how they can act, what what capability they have. Yeah, it's very difficult indeed.
1: Be sure to check out getwisdom.com. Become a participant member. You can check out. Eighty percent, ninety percent of our content uh, without you know, a fee at all. Just uh, join today; be it's forever free, and you can uh, check out everything from our healing services to our Get Wisdom online w- database, <clears throat> videos, uh, showback—you know, shows that we've done in the past. Everything under the sun. Check it out: GetWisdom.com. We'll be right back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Looking at creators' uh, answers to the questions about psychopaths and how we can heal them or how they can be healed, how can they can be turned around. So this is a very, very important subject that I think uh, everybody is curious about at one level or another. But first, we have to understand what the psychopath is and
2: how difficult the problem actually is, Carl. Yes, and, and the path to healing is not an easy one, and we're learning more about that as we go here. But it's important to understand the need is there. And all of society is tainted with the sickness of this spiritual disconnection. So this is a warning because it's a prime example of what happens when you leave the divine behind and think you can do everything on your own because you're a good guy. And you don't think you need the idea of a religion to sustain you or show you, what to do and how to do it. But that's a slippery slope because the ego always needs feeding and people get off track and get uh, corrupted and it can be a hard road back. Yeah.
1: And the, there are a lot of good atheists in this world. So that creates some confusion on top of that, including the author we are highlighting, Carl Hinchins, was himself a self professed atheist.
2: And in fact, well, he uh, was doing the Lord's work in his. Ironically, yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> it really was. And, and that happens a lot, actually. Yes. So his disconnection was not great, you know, which is there was hope for him. But um, it just goes to show how slippery the slope is in terms of this disconnection.
2: Well, we're all somewhere on that trajectory because of our culture. Yep. Exactly. U.S. creator Hinchin suggested that the psychopath lies
1: to confuse, manipulate and hide. She does not seek truth, only control. Her mind constructs magical theories in a heartbeat. She describes them with complete sincerity. What is creator's perspective on the psychopath's liberal use of lies? And we used, uh, you know, referred to a high psychopath here as she, because we want to point out again, this is not an excessively violent, you know, label. People think of it that way, but most psychopaths actually are not physically violent for the most part. And it yeah. affects women and men equally.
2: Half of them are female. And of course other other genders, not to exclude anyone here, this is an <laughs> equal right. opportunity corruption. Exactly. <laughs> Creator says about this, the lying question, here is another good indicator, one is perhaps dealing with a psychopath. The ability to lie without hesitation and to continue the lies when one is found out is a kind of hubris born of ego by someone with no concern about others. To the psychopath, other people are simply there to be manipulated and exploited in whatever way they can get away with. They have no caring about other people because they can feel no compassion, no empathy, and so will have no compunction to mount a gesture of loving kindness because they are incapable of feeling concern and a genuine desire to understand the point of view of someone else who may be unhappy with them. When all traces back to the need for power and control, any concern or complaint is seen as a threat and an attack against them. The psychopath must preserve their false ego-based view that forms their sense of entitlement and will defend their presumed authority harshly, to turn the tables and attempt to belittle a critic. It is exhausting to be in combat continually, so even the psychopath will develop quite an array of strategies to gain time and leverage over others through manipulation. If one can outwit their critic, it is more efficient and takes less energy than to go to war. The ability to lie is the chief strategy employed because it will cover up any number of mistakes and shortcomings and will put the other party on the defensive, so is often quite successful in keeping the psychopath in control of things. Being without a conscience, they will simply not worry about the house of cards they've constructed with their magical thinking, but are simply feeling entitled to do whatever they want so it does not represent a burden, but simply a way of dealing with others. To keep them in their place.
1: You know, I, I think it's, we could probably safely add here the idea that for the most part, psychopaths have no shame. <clears throat> Not only, You know, that's a form of saying they don't have a conscience, but they literally have no shame. You know, they, so, and when people see somebody acting in an extreme way, whether it's extreme sadness, extreme anger, extreme emotion of any kind, we have a tendency to think that there's a sincerity there and that the more extreme. The emotional display the more genuineness of of is actually on display right so psychopaths use this to manipulate the environment around them by putting on an extreme display people will assume that the psychopath is like themselves and that will only go to an extreme because the situation is extreme the problem is extreme you know
2: but that's not the case
1: we're learning here
2: yes and everyone who's spent time living with a psychopath, will attest to what they have to contend with. Yeah, absolutely.
1: You asked Creator, Creator has shared that the journey back to divine alignment for a psychopath is the most difficult undertaking imaginable. Yet, some have managed to do this. Can Creator share a brief synopsis of a success story and what in particular constituted the true turning point moment? Did that being reach rock bottom in some way? Was a divine outreach of some kind required? And if this being had rejected earlier outreaches, what made the successful outreach possible where the others failed?
2: All right, and this is what Creator shares on this issue. There are many examples of people who are functioning like a psychopath or virtually being a psychopath, changing for the better. In most cases, a psychopath will learn and come to understand and accept they cannot gain by acting in the way they have learned to do and will intellectually then override the baser impulses to not go to an extreme extent, such as killing those around them to take their things. They will learn the hard way. The penalty is too great and may well be able to behave as a model citizen Even though they might have the impulse to do such things as well as not fully appreciating why they are not entitled to do it, they in a sense become conditioned to accept the constraints imposed by the legal system. That is but a modest improvement with respect to restoration of a connection to the Divine, but functionally can be quite significant in removing them as a source of danger. In most cases where greater gains have been made, it is by someone who falls short of being fully a psychopath, but perhaps a quite serious degree of narcissism or a sociopath who still has a vestige of conscience within. That gives them a tool to work with because it can be strengthened through divine healing and allow them to regain their footing in terms of perceiving ethics as a significant consideration in how they live their lives and treat others around them. That will be nothing but an afterthought by someone in this distorted frame of mind, and often not because of a pang of conscience about the suffering they will leave in their wake, but more an inner fear. They might get caught and punished, but at least they can feel compassion for themselves. And that is a beginning. The best examples we can give categorically, as we do not like to elevate names arbitrarily to put a spotlight on them, would be the many criminals who, given the constraint of imprisonment to show them in the harshest possible way, their conduct and behavior choices are unacceptable, may find their way to faith. And this creates an opening that can allow divine light to come in and via the higher self send them offerings of insight about the various feelings they have from moment to moment to help put a spotlight on the good and send a little reminder through a pang of conscience when they've had a bad thought as a way to teach them as though they are starting from scratch about right and wrong. This may be the first time there is an opportunity for the person to get input that is objective Because it is coming from the divine realm and not from arbitrary treatment of caregivers who might be quite dysfunctional themselves or at best might be reasonably well balanced but lack any deep insight about human behavior and how to cope with someone who is dysfunctional in their midst and may throw up their hands and begin a pattern of neglect out of frustration and a growing dislike, even for their own young when they are observed to be turning dark, and might even become a threat to the parent and their safety. That does nothing to solve the problem, so there must be a human choice made from within, with whatever slim link to reason is present. But that can start the ball rolling. If people want to change, they will be assisted by the divine realm. This you can be sure of. Even if they are not religious or spiritual in vocalizing an entreaty to God, there are other others praying for them, and that fuel can be used to bring in some enlightenment, and it is enough to build on. So those criminals who show quite a turnaround, having lived a life of crime and exploitation of others as a predator, but might emerge from prison as a preacher, and then continue in a life of service to others who are in prison or wanting to escape from a vicious cycle of crime and punishment and need guidance, help with housing, and finding work, and so on. The recovered criminals are some of the best advocates and support system for those in recovery. Having lived that journey and appreciate its importance because it saved them, We can tell you that recovering from the extremes of conduct disorders will need divine assistance. It cannot be done through force of will, or the entreaties of others, or even a therapeutic approach to support the person. Deeper levels of healing are needed to undo the effects of long-standing trauma much of it from other lifetimes that set the scene and created the vulnerability for someone to truly go off the deep end in the current life. Well, you know
1: we're kind of seeing where creator is saying something that we're all kind of familiar with, which is if you ignore cancer and it's signs that are that are erupting in your body uh, until you're literally at a deathbed, um, chances are you're not going to make it, right? And this is kind of the same way, you know, if if a person goes from being a narcissist to a sociopath and then ultimately to a psychopath, it's like ignoring the condition until you reach stage four cancer, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's a little hard to turn you around when you're, you know, a day away from buying the farm, I would say.
2: Well, this is a virtue of the legal system, and despite its flaws, people need a disincentive. To give vent to their darker impulses, and this idea of having a comeuppance, getting them kind of constrained and you know through confinement in a cage is not the best way to do that. But you know it's what society does. But there are people who learn from it. Yeah, there was a a wonderful article in New Yorker uh, recently about white collar crime, and it was focused around a group of people who had really taken others to the cleaners just ruthlessly, taking pensioners and others of their savings and so on and, and through, through tricked up schemes of all sorts. And they followed them and their exposure to a resource group, a kind of a recovery group to help them bridge the transition back into society. And it was interesting. They they show all these characteristics through their conversations. They're still kind of clueless. What happened? You know, they were just doing what they thought they needed to do to win. And that's the mindset of the selfish, narcissistic person. And worse, those without a conscience to truly put a barrier there or they won't cross. And, and people were helped by this. Yes. And many of them. Describe kind of starting to see things a little differently. I, I think in <clears throat> tying that in with my earlier observation,
1: um, you know, the people that get caught, it could be the greatest blessing of their life. People that are in this deep disconnect situation where they have an opportunity to kind of be forced to think about things. The really, really, really good psychopaths don't get caught. And that is their burden, essentially. It's not a good thing if you're a psychopath and you're so clever that you can play the system to the hilt and, you know, weave things the way you want them and never get your comeuppance essentially, you know? Yeah. So, well, no one
2: wins. So no. eventually they'll come back <laughs> in a life where they're the underdog and they'll be savaged all lifelong, just in the way they hurt others in a reckless kind of selfish existence, preying on other people and taking things from them, denying them happiness to serve themselves and, well, I'm and sure that is always rebalanced by the law of karma in another life, for well, sure. I, I, I'm
1: sure that happens frequently because they've earned it in droves, right? But I've also kind of noticed, I think, that some of the really, really skilled psychopaths kind of know how to game this. They might even know a little bit how to game the karmic system, you know, which is to their detriment because ultimately it will mean their demise in the grand scheme of things. But this is part of the in- the really difficult problem the psychopath presents and creators going to talk about that when we come back with more get wisdom in a minute. In the meantime, though, healing is the most important thing that we can do for ourselves as well as a psychopath. And the best, most effective way to do that is the light worker healing protocol. Be sure to check it out. Download our ebook, getwisdomcom slash LHP get wisdom.com LHP. You'll get our ebook that will describe the, the light healing protocol in detail and give you an idea about how it can really, really help,
2: Carl. Well, this is a tool for changing the world for the better. We've been told if we're going to continue as a civilization, it will be because of the Lightworker Healing Protocol. That's not a self-serving exaggeration. It's what the Almighty tells us. Because there's no other way to do it. There's no other effective means to rein in evil. It's too pervasive at this point and there isn't enough time. So get the lightwork game protocol ebook get wisdom slash LHP. We'll be back
1: with the final segment of get wisdom right after this. Back to the final segment of this week's Kid Wisdom, we're doing another show on trying to peel the onion of the psychopath and, and understand their motivations, why they act the way they do, where the disconnection comes from, how it begins, but ultimately how we can help them and how we can, because they're, they're a big reason we're kind of going down with the ship, Carl.
2: Yes, it, it is a, a continued struggle that's gone on all through the ages. The world has never been normal other than at the very, very beginning. And that's a long story. And we're telling it bit by bit through this series of programs. But the the issue of the day is looking at the worst among us and kind of using that to ask the question, what do we do about the ones who act in a loveless way? Those are the people who are dangerous, harsh Vindictive. They include the criminal class, but also the clever ones who are just manipulators. And they're in all walks of life and in many high levels throughout our institutions because they are the more powerful by wielding unfair tactics and taking yes. advantage. Yes. So they're and, and, there. So the issue is what to do. And indeed, they're, these are people that lack
1: compassion, lack empathy, but they've figured out, probably through multiple lifetimes of strategizing and experience, how to weaponize our empathy and our compassion to their advantage. So it's it's uh, doubly sinister in that sense. Indeed. You asked Creator, in addition to prayer work and the Lightworker Healing Protocol, what other practical advice can Creator share for people who find themselves entangled with a psychopath? What if the psychopath is
2: a parent or a sibling? or even a child. All right. Creator tells us this indeed is a major dilemma many have to face. And that is not including the many on that spectrum, perhaps not at the quite extreme level of the psychopath and being devoid of a conscience or any true understanding of love and what it can mean, but having lesser contact with the divinity within that is their lineage and birthright. So those who are merely sociopaths or narcissistic or just selfish at times will harm themselves and others accordingly. They cannot help it. They are devoid of love to use, in the moment at least, if not as a permanent absence at times, in a sense, a stepping away from divine alignment through stress or other pressures and perhaps inner vulnerabilities of their makeup. Like being easily roused to anger, for example. So all will be all will reckon with people out of control and out of a divine alignment. It is especially tragic when this is a caregiver, and when one is young and vulnerable. There is little in the way of defenses available. The young life, lacking experience and ability physically to hold their own or the wherewithal to understand there might be choices available and may in fact be pre-verbal and so are quite helpless, but under the thumb of a psychopath or someone on the spectrum will have more than they can handle and will be wounded tremendously by all the negativity thrown at them unfairly. But because of the savage nature of humans who are loveless and totally self-absorbed and self-serving, This requires some education and training, and then, accordingly, some maturation and development of an understanding of moral and ethical precepts to better understand appropriate boundaries of human conduct and behavior. Children who are around someone who is a psychopath will see a quite distorted picture of humanity and what can happen at the hands of another. The children themselves will be attacked savagely and labeled with all the faults of the psychopath themselves. They will be judged, they will be condemned because their desires and behavior are completely misunderstood by the psychopath. So children will have no one to teach them what their feelings mean and the fact they have the right to feel secure, the right to be loved and cherished and nourished and supported encouraged and held safe by those charged with their care and not neglected or abused. So it will be a tragic assault on their self-image when they are in the care of someone unable to share love and treat them lovingly. It is an anti-life lesson to grow up in such an environment. It is one of the greatest tragedies one can experience. Given the large number of individuals on this spectrum of increasing love deficiency, it is a widespread problem that is dragging down all of society. People who are raised halfway when it comes to love will be stunted in their growth and development. They might be chronologically assumed to be a mature adult capable of running their own life and being responsible as a member of society a good employee and someone who can be trusted to watch out for the interest of others and so on. But without knowing the history of any individual, that trust can be misplaced if that person has not fully developed and flowered as a loving human being because they have been denied. This is a problem not easily solved and this is why your world is quite inept in dealing with such things. First of all, the interlopers want your world to be this way. They, in fact, are psychopaths themselves. So they impart their views and pattern your world after theirs with its hierarchical power systems you call governments. And the large need for an armed police force to stamp out individual initiative acting on dark impulses and thereby breaking laws and so on. So everything works against you in wanting to find love in your world. The best we can do is to recommend a spiritual path, learning about the divine and doing daily prayer work, and eventually learning how to bring about high-level divine healing. That can begin to influence the individuals around someone who has been victimized. It is a way of fighting back, in a sense without a confrontation, or incurring any karmic negativity from playing the same game as their perpetrator, but rather reaching to the light for a divine solution raises up everyone involved. It is the answer for the perpetrators to have them healed. It is a divine level problem. An individual person cannot change someone else. The best they can do is stand their ground and perhaps take their lumps if they're strong enough to weather the storm. This is too difficult for many who become beaten down and so disempowered they're truly defenseless and helpless and will give in to the perpetrator every time. Turning to prayer might seem like a faint answer, an unlikely solution bringing only faint hope, but very little certainty. We can tell you that changing a psychopath can be a lifelong process, if success is possible at all. This is for many reasons beyond your understanding, mostly to do with the long karmic legacy involved, that it takes so much work to undo all the karmic underpinnings of this extreme state of disarray and disconnection that it is simply a daunting and lengthy task to unweave all the connecting threads because they will involve so many other individuals who cannot be harmed. So we cannot help someone like a psychopath by transferring their negativity, their defects to others. All of those underpinnings need to be healed and for everyone. So in a sense, Many such individuals will only be raised up in the final steps in the healing of humanity as a whole. The lesson to take from the story of the psychopaths and the challenge they represent to healing is that this is an iconic representation of what your world will be like in the absence of God. That is where atheism leads to a world of psychopaths. So anyone who raises the question, what has God done for me lately, needs to know that while the world is a difficult environment and there are many bad actors, there are havens with loving representatives of the divine in physical form who they can partner with and live a sane and happy existence. That is a testament to faith. And it is time for all to get on board with that idea. Learning and using the Lightworker Healing Protocol is a further advancement and strengthening in the steps an individual can take to help themselves, their loved ones, and the broader world, including all of the bad actors, the psychopaths among human culture, as well as the interlopers the dark spirits, the extraterrestrials, who are all psychopaths in their makeup. It is a tremendous healing need standing in the way of human happiness, success, and advancement. That protocol is the answer for saving and healing humanity because of its many uses of leverage to empower a human being to do far more than has ever been possible in world history. If you learn about it and use it, you will be a change agent of the first magnitude for finally achieving human progress that is meaningful and long lasting. So, yes, the, the
1: Lightwork Heating Protocol is absolutely the solution. But Creator's making the point here that. The worst, of us, the worst among us are also going to be the last to be healed, and fully anyway. A lot of work will be done and is being done as we're going along. But with the psychopath, the traumatic karmic backload is so huge that it's going to take lots of time and divine effort to whittle that down to the point that these people can perhaps make an intellectual breakthrough and begin to see the folly of their ways. But a lot has to happen before then.
2: Yeah, and, and this isn't meant to be a discouragement because this is actually in keeping with how healing works across the board for everyone. And we've learned about this the hard way, becoming a healer and then seeing people struggle and struggle and struggle. And even though we're doing a lot of work through the divine realm on their behalf, their symptoms will continue unabated many times, not always, but many times. And when I probe into it, what I'm told is, The symptoms are the last thing to leave. Yes. (laughs) And there's wisdom in that. If you don't keep having your symptoms, you'll quit trying. You'll quit working on yourself to make yourself better because you'll think, okay, things are all right now. I can slack off. I can relax. I can start bending the rules again. I can take some risks with my my choices and so on, and and that can get you right back in the dilemma you started with, and the divine knows that. So that's why healing is a long term proposition. Unfortunately, a lot of the time. Yes. Well, in a pragmatic
1: sense, the bigger the mess, the longer it's going to take you to clean it up. Right. I mean, absolutely. That's that's, that's absolutely the case. So but what's the, the key is to get started. Yes, absolutely. Get started. And keep at it, and you will see progress, especially in your own personal life. You know, one of the pieces of advice I would give, if I were, if I were to give any advice, is don't try to look to the worst uh, examples of behavior and look for change in them right away. Instead, look for change in yourself and in the people that are you think are close to the divine, because they'll improve much rapidly, much more rapidly, because they have a smaller karmic backload. So we're going to see the best get better before we see the worst get better, is the point. So keep that in mind and work diligently at this. You know, learn the white camera protocol, download it today, getwism.com slash LHP. Um, there's a lot to take in. It's, it's, a, it's a very interactive that, that makes demands on you. You need to
2: understand all the particulars to really make it work, Carl. Well, and the other thing is you need to participate. Yeah. If you don't do it, it might not happen. This could all go down. It could go south rather easily. We need a quorum of people acting in concert, not getting in a mass together and doing this in lockstep, but each in their own way, in the privacy of their own mind, working with the divine realm through these tools prayer and the light worker healing protocol. If enough, do it. That combined energy can save the day, literally. Without it, we're in peril. This might fail. Exactly. Humanity might be snuffed out and we'll have to start over in some other way and maybe go through this all again when and, we're very close to fixing it right now.
1: Exactly, and I, I wanna point out, whatever your age, whatever your health, you can do the Lightwork Healing Protocol. If you can carry a thought in your mind if you're if you're here, you can do this. So even if you're in your 80s or 90s, you can still learn a like It's never too late, and you can make a huge difference. You can make more of a difference in the last five years of your life than you made in the entire life before in terms of helping humanity move forward. So it's yes. never too late. Get
2: started now. Get started now, and every session you do includes you and your loved ones. That's it for this week's Get Wisdom. We'll see you next week. Be well.